Hi there. Welcome to the Thriving on Purpose broadcast. I'm Elizabeth. And I'm Sebastian. It's so nice to have you with us tonight. Tonight we have, well, Liz, normally I'm excited when we do this. But tonight I'm super excited because tonight we're giving we're gonna give you some good stuff tonight. I'm sorry. So what you're gonna do is you're gonna back up the truck, back it up, back it up. We're gonna dump gold on you. I mean, like this is this is so good. I was excited when I was researching and writing and preparing this podcast and praying about it and finding all the, the good stuff. But uh, it's a special Podcast, uh, broadcast. broadcast. I have to get used to that. We're, we've been podcasting for two years. Now we're <laughs> broadcasting, broadcast. Uh, but this is an issue that is um, that I, in my life, I struggled with a great deal, but that I find a lot of believers struggle with a great deal as well. Right, Liz? Yeah. And so tonight we're going to talk to you about kingdomizing your money mindset, because honestly. Uh, you know, to have talked to a lot of believers about money, pastors, people in ministry, entrepreneurs, uh, you know, a lot of believers really, really want God to prosper them. And they really want to, you know, have that flow of money coming towards them. And, um, you know, they 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 want to do a lot of things for the Lord. And um, but the only problem is that there's a lot of mindset issues. There's a lot of ways that we think about money mm -hmm. and the way that we think about God and how he wants to prosper us sometimes is really off. And it's um, we really have to realign our mindset and shift in the right kind of mindset um, that the Lord wants us to have so that we can um, so that we can prosper and finally see some uh, results in our life. Sorry, my phone just vibrated. So why don't you be begin? Well, first, let's just open up a little. It's going to be a little longer before we really dive in. Uh, dive in. Uh, so the, the thing is, when, you, when you're working, as a couple of people ask, so what's it like working together? Well, I'll give you an example. So Liz was really um, happy about the title, Kingdomizing Your Money Mindset. And I found it pretty good. But then I then I came up with something pretty cool. I was like, oh, oh, how about correcting misgivings about giving? Oh, I, I like play plays on words. I'm an author. I like that. And then yeah, I go, I, 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 a little I, too much. I shoot it to Liz. Liz I'm, I'm like, so excited. He's not, they're not going to understand what I, that means. I, I'm so excited. Come and see this. What do you think of this? Then I show her the, the, the title they came up with. And she's like, no, I prefer mine. <laughs> and I'm like, can I use it as the subtitle? And that's what it's going to be. So the, the subtitle is Correcting Misgivings About Giving. And, you know, um, I just want to talk about this. You know, we've done a lot of broadcasts on different platforms. We've, you know, um, shared on, uh, you know, platforms internationally, like in Pakistan and and so we, you know, and and through the years, because, you know, we started in leadership a couple of years ago and in entrepreneurship, we've had a lot of conversations with people, uh, with pastors and people in the ministry and, and believers, um, you know, about business, about money, and um, especially on LinkedIn. And this is always a recurring problem that I notice. So it's nothing new, you know. So I always notice that people didn't have the right mindset when it comes to money and it's really important to understand you know the father's 
heart and mind when it comes to the when it comes to prosperity and money. And so a lot of people just, um, you know, are, are either sowing seeds and, and expecting um, things unrealistically or they're not sowing seeds or not giving any money uh, to any ministry and they're not blessing the kingdom at all. And all this results to, you know, not having any um, harvest coming our way. Mm -hmm. So it's really important that we have the right mind and the right heart when it comes to money so that the Lord, uh, you know, can trust us with uh, the, the money flow that comes to us. So that's really, really important. So dive in. Uh, and again, before we dive in, this is... just dive in already. I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm, I'm going to dive in. I'm going to dive in. So today we're going to talk about giving. Why? Because like she said, we noticed that a lot of people have misgivings about giving. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the thing is, most believers have a, um, a, they have little understanding about what giving means and what giving does in the kingdom of God. For example, for example, let's just use an example. How many of you today would be thrilled if God tugged on your heart to give $100 to someone in your church. I'm waiting. Okay. So maybe some of you would because you probably understood the principles of sowing and reaping in the kingdom. And see, that's what we're going to get at through this two-part uh, two series. We're really going to explain to you what it means and what it implies to give in the kingdom. Or what if God tugged on your heart to give $5,000 to a ministry? How would that make you feel? See, the, the amounts for some, uh, depending on so many factors, 500 might be a, a, a very tremendous amount for some people. For others, it's pocket change. Depending on, on what the amount is, we all everybody has a threshold where they get nervous, where they're going to be like, oh, no, I, don't want I don't really want to give that money away. I mean, this my money. I worked hard for it. And, and we have that threshold. Or what if God asked you to empty your bank account to give to sow somewhere in a ministry, in a fledgling orphanage or whatnot? Now, would you do it? See, these are the things that you have to ask yourself. And most of us would, I'm sure most of you guys listening uh, are thinking, yeah, I know, I know where my threshold is. I know what hurts. I know what would hurt me. And, and see, most of us would show resistance to that level of giving. Uh, so the problem is, like I said, we have misgivings about giving. And we see giving as a sacrifice instead of as a privilege. Mm -hmm. And hopefully after this two-part series, you will see giving as a privilege and not as a sacrifice anymore. That is my prayer for you, dear listener. I am hoping that after this two-part series, you will see giving as a privilege. So Jesus understood our mindsets. He understood, he knows where we're coming from, and he understood how we think as human beings when he said in Luke chapter 12, verses 32 to 34, here's what he said. Powerful passage, by the way. Jesus said, do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. What did Jesus say, do not be afraid? Why does he say that? 
Do not be afraid, little flock, because the Father is pleased to give you the kingdom. Why, why would I be afraid of that? Oh, wait, wait. Here comes the kicker. That's why, that's why he says not to be afraid. Then he says, sell your possessions and give to the poor. Ooh. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So you see, for the children of this world, in the earth curse system, Giving is a sacrifice, and it can be really scary. But for the children of the kingdom, Jesus says, do not be afraid. Why? Because Jesus knows firsthand, he understands this, it's his kingdom. He knows it should be a privilege. Because what? We've been given the kingdom. We've been given the kingdom. And until we truly understand what a privilege it is to be a kingdom citizen, a child of the king, we will always have misgivings about giving. There you go. I'm using it again. I'm using it again. So and, it's true. It's true. Yeah. I know. And and uh, most of you, you know, guys out there, you probably watched. You probably seen uh, Spider-Man movies. I mean, we Spider-Man is a, your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. And the the best quote in the Spider-Man series is, "With great power comes great responsibility." And the Bible tells us, and that's only found in the King James Version, but it's, it's worth noting. In John 1.12, it says, But as many as received him, to them gave he power, power, to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on him. Uh, so we've been given tremendous power. There's no greater power in the earth realm, right, Liz, than being a son of God. Son and daughter of God. And with that power, which is an immense privilege, comes many responsibilities. And one of those many responsibilities is that God, our Father, expects his children to be generous souls. Yeah. Okay? So as kingdom, uh, sons of the king, as citizens, as ambassadors of Christ, we have a great responsibility on how we handle money, the money that God bestows in our hands. And one of the greatest things that it, I remember in high school, we played, a, it wasn't a game, but the coach, uh, when we played, I think it was basketball, we'd do some, all kinds of drills. And one of those drills, it, we, it, we'd, we'd place ourselves in a circle and we'd have to keep the ball moving. So we have the ball and we throw it at each other. And and uh, I think we, we couldn't hold it more than, three seconds or something like that. If one of us held it longer than three seconds, hesitating to who to, to, to pass the ball, uh, that person was eliminated. So we, as soon as we have the ball, we have to pass it. Well, guess what? It's the same thing with money in the kingdom of God. Yeah. The money in the kingdom of God always has to be in movement in order to serve the purpose for which God gives it. Or brings it to you. So we are to be conduits of money constantly in order to not be eliminated from the game. Because in the, <laughs> because in the Bible, you'll notice when 
riches are condemned in the Bible. It's not riches per se, because if riches per se were condemned in the Bible, we'd have Abraham condemned, we'd have Joseph condemned, we'd have Job condemned, we would have Jacob condemned, we'd have Isaac condemned, we'd have Solomon condemned, David condemned, a whole bunch of people condemned. So it's not having money. It's the accumulation and hoarding of riches that is actually condemned in the scriptures. But as long as there's flow, it's all good. And, and, and there's a passage in Job, and I didn't jot it down for my study, but I remember reading it, and, and I mentioned it in my book, which we're going to get to later during the, the broadcast. But Job was an extremely generous man. And the, 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 the Bible tells us that, and even says it himself, how he... Um, when he's trying to make a case for himself as, as being a just man, he mentions how the money was always flowing when yeah. it came to him. So that's the thing about and, the flow. And so he was talking about the game, right? Um, so, <laughs> so how do you want to win? How can you win to, at this game? Basically the most generous person and the wisest person with their money that is able to, to make make it fruitful, to make it multiply, is the one who wins. So it's either one or like you can do both, but it's either it's also one or. So the more generous you are to uh, fulfill needs of those that the that the Lord puts on your heart, um, whether you know sometimes, like you said, you know sometimes it could be an amount that's kind of like, you know, you you have a harder time giving, but. The Lord is going to reward you because you let it go. You let it, you see by letting it go, even if the amount is a little higher than what you would have normally given, you're showing God that you're not attached to, you're not attached to it and that you believe entirely a hundred percent in the harvest that he's going to bring forth. And I'm not saying like, I, I'm not for, you know, those teachers that uh, will say, for example, you know, well, if you give this amount, then. Uh, to our ministry or to, to whatever, you know, to, to our business, to our ministry, then the Lord is going to bless you like the next day and give you like, you you're know, get five times fold, more. Or you're getting 50 fold. Yeah. God I, decides the fold. Exactly. God decides. Because but, he knows your heart. Exactly. God decides, but it always does come back. So I'm not going to tell you it's going to come back the next day or the next week because it really depends on your heart. It depends on what God is doing through you. And um, we've heard stories the next day. Comes back, yeah. We've heard stories the next day, but we've also heard stories about the next year. I mean, you don't you don't know when it's going to come back. You just or, know that it's yeah. going to come back. The same way in, in when you when you plant a seed, there's all kinds of vegetation out there, right? You can plant a seed that grows really fast. Well, weeds grow fast, but you're not going to plant weeds. But you know what I mean? There's, there's, but, there's things that grow fast, but there's also yeah. the bamboo tree. The bamboo tree, you plant the seed, and for the first five years, nothing happens. Nothing. But we have to explain this. There's there's one factor here, and I know a lot of people don't talk about this, but there's the maturity and your character and your heart that matters into this. Yes. And that's why for some, it could take longer because there's a lot more that the Lord wants to um, prepare them for to be able to, uh, you know, he's, he wants us to walk in faith and depend on him for certain things. And, and um, he's always giving, he's always wanting us to prosper. He's always wanting to be good to us. Like a father, uh, like a good father wants their child to, to prosper and, and have good things. Right. But sometimes you know how, 
for example, like with my son, you know, he's 10 years old and he's very immature sometimes. So the things that he asks me for um, or the way he sees money and values money, I would never want to give him a hundred dollars, you know, because I know that he's a type of kid that would just like waste it like in one hour at Toys R Us and buy himself like <laughs> tons of Legos. Yeah. Um, and even if I would tell him, you know, you know, think about it wisely. What could you do with this money? How could we, you know, make it last longer? How could we, you know, maybe invest in something that would help you with your skills? Like, you know, the, the kind of wiser way of using that money, he would say, no, 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 no. I just like really, really want this Minecraft set and this Minecraft set, he'd waste it, right? Yeah. So there's that maturity, that, uh, that level of maturity that the Lord needs to work with you and work in your heart to make sure that that money always uh, is fructified and given back to the right people. So when Sebastian says you're a conduit, you're a vessel, you're constantly in this um, abundance mindset that it's going to come back to you, but that you're also giving it, knowing that it's going to come back to you in different ways, financially and different kind of blessings, but that you're always giving to towards um you know, increasing the kingdom or blessing somebody that the Lord asked you to bless. So you're always wanting to give that to the right kind of people, to the right kind of uh, ministry, you know. And Liz, I, I like what you said earlier about the character thing. You know, sometimes your harvest will take longer to come because God is working in your heart, in your character, because you're not ready for the harvest yet. And sometimes he has a big harvest but you're not ready to receive it yet. There's stuff he needs to, to weed out the garden before you, you, yeah. you're ready for your harvest. And, and Liz, you had a, uh, an illustration. You, uh, you heard a, a pastor say a story this week, and I'd like yeah. you to share that story because so, I thought it was so good and perfect for this broadcast. Yeah, so I was listening to a broadcast this week, and um, uh, that, that minister, that pastor was talking about how, you know, uh, once he was in, a, in an airplane and he – um, heard the Holy Spirit, heard the Lord tell him to give uh, an amount, a big amount, a few hundred dollars to uh, the man sitting next to him in the airplane. It was like $400 or something like that? Yeah, a good $500. And at first he kind of like went, whoa, you know, like that's kind so was, of a big was amount. Was the man a stranger? The, the man next yeah, to him? the man was a stranger. He didn't know him at all. Wow. Okay. And, um, you know, big. but yeah, and so they were chatting a bit in the, the the broadcast. Well, he didn't elaborate in the story, but um, he he really felt that the Holy Spirit was telling him this. So um, he didn't know the details of this man. He didn't know like you know his personal life and stuff from what I understood of the story. And so he just said to the man, he said, um, "The I, I really feel led to give you the money. I, I I really want to give you. I think it was five hundred dollars." And um, and it turns out that the man was a pastor and he said, wow. wow, he said, like he was so moved and he thanked the man and he thanked the Lord because he said, my rent is due tomorrow and that's the exact amount that I needed. And wow. so, so he gave it, oh. will, he gave it willingly. He was like, wow, you know, I really did something great. And apparently um, he said that the next day he had um, somebody uh, generously give him um in his ministry gave him $5,000. So the Lord wow. generously multiplied that and fast like the yeah. next day. So 
you know, and there's many, many stories like this. I mean, I've heard many, many stories like this, but I thought this one was really cool because it was like, wow, you know, boom. But, like, but what I love about, there's many things I love about this story. First of all, he, he it was an, an amount that hurt, but he did it anyway. Well, that's all he had on him. Yeah. So it was like, and, and okay, it now I have nothing else. Right? For most people, <laughs> that's a lot of money. So he did it anyway. And the thing that's also awesome is that he has a ministry of his own. And boom, someone showed in his ministry. So, so, so you see in the kingdom, people kept the ball circulates. rolling, the ball, the ball, they kept throwing the ball. And so that means that the Lord spoke to someone else on the man who just gave the $500. So he spoke to someone else on his behalf so that he would get some money back right away. Exactly. And and amazing. we and yeah, and just even recently, you know, we've sown into the, the kingdom into different um ministers that you know we just love what they're doing online and what they're doing to to preach the gospel and how they're trying to touch people's hearts and make an impact in this world. And when we see that, we just can't not give anything. And so we know that they're they're real kingdom builders, as we call them. So kingdom we, experience. yeah. So you know, when we feel led by the Holy Spirit, we give an amount, and, and we've seen money, all sor sorts of you know finances just pop up. Oh yeah. You know, of surprise checks from the government that, or okay, wow, there's been an increase. We weren't you, we weren't getting that much. Now all of a sudden, the government decided to yeah. increase us, or or different things that happen where you know we didn't expect you know to to have somebody want to fix our driveway for free and oh, an you know the, yeah. the the city just says hey i have extra concrete i uh, noticed uh, you had a bunch pavement, of holes extra pavement <laughs> we noticed you have a bunch of holes you want us to fill your holes yeah you know all oh, kinds of stuff it. like that that like right. you're like wow you know it's just like god's favor pouring in all kinds of different ways so you know and, and that those wonderful things happen when you sow into the kingdom Absolutely. and so that's why we're doing this series because we really want to help you understand you know the right mindset i know a lot of people you know, they, they go on all kinds of broadcasts and they want, um, you know, prophetic words that have to do with finances. And they're like, oh, you know, the money's going to come. The money's going to come. I'm just waiting for that prophetic word that's going to unlock, you know, the, the reins of heaven of finances on me. But there's things that they're not doing that they're not applying and they don't have the right mindset. And that's really important to have all these things into place so that when the Lord does tell you that it's coming as a confirmation you're excited and you just know that you know it's coming right yeah so so, so this principle of flow of of money that's supposed to move in the kingdom and not be hoarded that is a kingdom law okay that has to do with wealth the acquiring of wealth how wealth operates in the kingdom so operate uh, uh, wealth in the kingdom operates by law like God establishes laws in his kingdom and everything operates by laws. He's a God of law. The first five books of the Bible are called the Torah, which means the law. So those who understand and apply the laws of the kingdom concerning wealth, concerning relationships, concerning basically everything that has to do with life. Those who understand and apply the laws they become wealthy. And those who do not understand or apply the laws they remain struggling. So God expects the, the, the wealth to flow freely and without any uh, resistance in his kingdom. So this is why the Bible, like I said, condemns the hoarding of money. And Ecclesiastes 5.13 says this, Solomon, of all people, the richest man who ever lived, I have seen a grievous evil under the sun, 
wealth hoarded to the harm of its owner. <laughs> so Solomon is saying when wealth is hoarded, it harms the owner. So that is when wealth shifts from being a blessing and becomes a curse. So wealth hoarded can become a curse. It harms the owner. So that's why you got to always let it flow, move, move in movement. Keep it and, in movement. Yeah. And I know a lot of people have this mentality, you know, we're taught, um, you know, when you go to school and, and your parents teach you this, you know, you have to be wise with your money. You have to put it aside, put it aside. For a rainy day. For a rainy, rainy day. day. You never know. They're and, you building know, an ark. They're expecting rains. And rainy I, days. I've seen so many people, you know, put a lot of money aside to have it, you know, basically eaten, eaten by, you know, um, the economy that drops or, um, you know, they, they, they put that money aside like, okay, when I get to live, when I get to retire at 65, then I can use this money and then I'm going to be okay. And then I can finally do my dreams and finally do this and finally to, to, to do that. But it's really the wrong mindset to have. And, and I'm not telling you you should save and, up. And yeah, let's, let's just put a parenthesis here right, right now. So you guys don't think that we're teaching you to just uh, burn, spend it all, spend no. it all, spend it all. No, no, no. It's wise to, to store some savings for you and your loved ones, that's only normal mm -hmm. and smart. I mean, uh, if you're going to be, you're going to start with your own family, if you're going to yeah. take care of people financially, right? So what I'm that, saying so is- So we're not saying not to do that. We're just saying not to over store it. Yeah. So when you have, see, the shift in your mind is that when you start saving it in a way that you're going to live for later- and you're just putting all this money aside and basically living on barely nothing so that you can have this egg nest when you retire, you're basically hoarding it, okay? And let's be honest, the, the banks barely give you anything. So even if you're really good at the stock market or whatever, you have to you know play and invest to actually make some return because just putting it in the bank is not a very high return. So, but that's not the point here. The point is that, the Lord wants you to be dependent on him and he wants to be part of projects. And so for that to happen, you have to want to spend money into the kingdom of God so that there's constant flow. So he can constantly give you that abundance. If you are just using that, you know, reservoir in your head, like, Oh, I'm, you know, God can, God can help me here. That's okay. Cause like I'm living off of this and, and, you know, I always have my, nest there my egg nest so, my little basket there that's yeah, your my little idol i have my the, little idol my, here yeah my it, little mammon right there so if i'm really really stuck and god doesn't really really provide for my needs here i'm always okay because i've got that i've got i've got so, so your source shifts from god is my source to well i got this here so that's where you have to be careful and for each person it's different you know for each person um, you know, for, for one person, it could be a certain amount that puts them into that mindset yeah. where they're not dependent on God anymore and the money's not flowing and they're just, you know, thinking of that as their, their, um, their egg nest, if you want, their, their golden goose, if you want. And you know, what's sad is I've seen a lot of people do this and a lot of people, um, you know, either basically did jobs that they really hated all their lives. Uh, for many, many years, just to hoard all that money and then get really, really sick. And then like they had like a year or two of their retirement and it was over yeah. and all that money went to who, you know? So, I mean, 
you know, that's why the Lord really wants us to have the right mindset so that we understand how the money is supposed to flow and how he's there to bless us and, and, and give us that provision. So speaking of hoarding, the Bible, like I said, especially the New Testament, damns hoarding. And the Lord, actually, it's funny because there's a parable that he told that in our Bibles, if you look at the uh, what it's called, that parable, they call it the parable of the rich fool. So let's let's look at the parable. It's found in Luke chapter 12, verses 13 to 21. I'm going to read it for you guys. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And then he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. And that's what you were talking about, the, the big nest egg that some people uh, you know, feel like they need that for their security, to, to eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich towards God. And notice how God called this rich man fool. He says, you fool. So hoarding of money is associated with foolishness. I mean, over hoarding, because we, we see in the Bible, it's mm -hmm. over hoarding, overdoing it. You're supposed to have to store some money for your family, for your, for the inheritance of your children and maybe your grandchildren. That's fine. That's fine and dandy. But over hoarding and being scared to part with it. Now, that's what the Bible calls foolishness. And the uh, early church understood that very well, that flow of wealth. It's very interesting because... In the book of Acts, we, we know that the early church, they put everything in common. They, they gave of their wealth. And, and anybody who had needs, like, had access to the wealth. Nobody was poor among them. Everybody had everything that they needed. Yeah. So there was no hoarding because they understood kingdom law. They understood kingdom law. So in God's kingdom economy, money is just supposed to be in, like he's, like we said, in constant movement, changing hands regularly to fulfill its mission from place to place. Yeah, and that's another thing that people don't understand is that God put some kingdom laws into place that um, basically the whole universe has access to, okay? And so even non-verse, some of them have tapped into these laws yeah. because they are universal laws. Yeah. And so I don't want to get into, like, I know some of you are thinking, oh, this sounds wagey, but no, it's really the Lord that put these laws into place because he wanted man to prosper. So yes. he put these things into place. Now, obviously the devil and his minions have figured out this law 
And well, they, but they knew about it, but they, yeah. they kind of like. And so they've been using it to their advantage. It. Yeah. And so the money right now, most of the money is in the wrong hands doing evil. And so if we can get in our minds that, you know, we, we studying that money is evil and we understand that it's neutral and it's basically a barter system to, to use it however way you want. And so you can do a lot of good with it. You can bless a lot of people. You can build a lot of things. You know, some people, um, you know, have the dream to, I don't know, build an orphanage for needy children. Some people just want to have that money to say, you know what, I'm tired of not being able to bless a certain child in my family that really, really needs it. Or, you know, uh, I'm tired of finding out that in my region, there's a lot of homeless people, a lot mm -hmm. of people that don't have this and don't have that since COVID happened and yeah. whatnot. And I don't have the means. I wish I had the means. So, you know, it's it's about uh, becoming prosperous also to bless others. You know, it's it's really that. It's not, you, you have to get out of your mind. And that's what I mean. You have to have the father's heart. And it's not about you. It's not about, you hoarding it it's not about what you're going to do like obviously you're going to bless your family with it but it's really about how you can think in a way that how can i be generous how can i bless more people so yes i'm going to take part of it for my family you know whatever the lord blesses me with but before you're going to do that you're going to give a tithing because it's biblical in the bible it tells us to tithe and you're going to you're going to take a portion of that and you're going to give it back them. You're going to give it back to the Lord and then you're going to use a portion of it to build, you know, whatever it is that you're building, whether it's your ministry, whether it's, um, you know, something that you need for your home or your, your children need schooling, whatever, you know, whatever it is that you need. Yeah. And, and if you want to have what heaven has, you have to think like heaven thinks and heaven thinks very differently about money than the present world system yeah okay the present world system is the more you can uh, gain for yourself the better but heaven doesn't think like that and it's funny it's funny because you know we we joked uh, we joked about this uh for uh, uh like a, a couple of years back when um you know especially in quebec i don't know probably it's like that everywhere but a lot of people are really into the lottery and they really want to mm -hmm. buy you know the lottery tickets and getting these millions of dollars and so, you know, back in the day, years ago, we used to have discussions with his mom and, you know, and she was, and she was telling him that, oh no, you know, I think they did like a crazy amount. It was like 30 million. And she's the, like, oh the, my gosh, that's way million. too much. I, I could never have so much money. And she, she basically said, I wouldn't know what to do with all that. That's way too much. I like. How and see, so I so much imagination. And so, uh, yeah, that's what he thought at the time. But you know, a lot of people. But even think, at the time, and at the time, trust me, I didn't have the best money mindset myself. But I knew that all you needed was a little bit of imagination, and whoa, the things you can do with thirty million, not just for yourself. <laughs> exactly, and so that that's the way that we're supposed to think is that, you know, the more the more good I can do. Not the more, oh my gosh, like I would be floating in this and I would have this and I would, like, it's all about I, 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 which is not God's heart. God's heart is to bless others. And I remember, I think I, I joked with her. I said, so how much would you keep for yourself? She says, oh, 1 million, I'd be fine. I said, so what would you do with the other 29 millions? Would you give it to me? <laughs> and then she looked at me and she said, what would you do with that much money? <laughs> well, Wow. Okay. Hey, uh, so now I want to talk a little bit about the blessing of giving in Acts 
chapter 20, verse 35, we read a very interesting verse where it says this, okay? In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remember it. So Paul says, remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And this is such an interesting verse. Why is it interesting? Well, first of all, because of what it says. But second of all, because it is not recorded anywhere else in the New Testament that the Lord Jesus said it is more blessed to give than to receive. So there's two theories about this. Either Paul heard it from one of the other disciples who heard it from the Lord. So it was like a known fact that Jesus said that. Or Paul got it as a rima, or, or Lord told him directly in a conversation that it was more blessed to give than to receive. So I thought that was an interesting tidbit of information. But So uh, the point is this. It's more blessed to give than to receive. See, I used to think when I, in my younger years uh, that it was more blessed to give than to receive by comparing it, basically comparing the thrill of it. Uh, you know, when you when you when someone's birthday or when it's Christmas time, the thrill of giving as opposed to the thrill of receiving. And as an immature youth, I really wasn't too sure about that verse because <laughs> I really liked getting gifts when I was in my early twenties. I, I really enjoyed it. So, so I was like, "Is it really? Like, is it really more blessed?" But it says blessed. It doesn't say fun, right? So he says, blessed, it is more blessed to give than to receive. So, and I was telling him, well, I didn't think like that. I said, when I was young, I was very generous. I always wanted to give and, hey, and, help, so much more and help people have all kinds <laughs> of stuff. And I was happy to see them happy. Right. I, I understood that. And, and I think, you know, for some people, I think, um, you know, generosity for some people is more natural than other people. And for others, they have to experience, ex you know, First experience born, it. last born. Simple <laughs> they, as that. And they have to experience it to see the joy on people's faces and see how much good that they did. Um, and, you know, it, some of you are thinking, well, you know, I don't have that kind of money to, I don't know, pay somebody's grocery or pay their bill at the restaurant or whatever. But, you know, you do have enough money to pay somebody's coffee, you know, that's waiting in, in line with you at the coffee shop. Yeah, but Lizzie, I'm, There's make, little I'm things. trying to make a point here. It's not about like that I was, I'm trying to make a point here, okay? okay? Well, I'm talking there, about. There's a many, many ways. You <laughs> yes, can I know. But I'm talking about the blessedness yeah. of giving. So, so I didn't understand what I didn't understand back then. Okay, sure. I, I I could have been taught to be more generous. That's that's a point. I'll give that. I'll give you that. That's fine. But what I didn't understand was kingdom law. And when you understand kingdom law, you get it. You go like, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Not now. You like see today. I understand. I get it. Because see, when you give, you sow, yeah. and what you sow, you reap. Oh, especially if it's in the kingdom. OK, so I didn't understand that the blessedness that was associated with giving in the kingdom. That's a law. Yeah, that's a law. So I so now see back then I, I thought, well, it makes you feel nice. It makes you feel good to, mm -hmm. to give. Maybe that's what Jesus meant is or blessed to give because it gives you that that good feeling I'm giving. But no, it's so much more than that. Sure, it makes you feel good. 
and Simon Sinek does a good point of explaining the chemicals in the brain when we do something good for someone else when we get, but there's so much more to it than just the chemicals in the brain yeah. in the kingdom of God, <laughs> in the kingdom of God. So basically what it does when you give the blessedness of giving is that it puts you in a position of expectancy towards God because he's the rewarder of those who give. Yes. So that's the kingdom, God's kingdom law of return. And the law of return, the law of return is well expressed by our Lord Jesus in Luke 6, 38. It's amazing. It's pretty much all in Luke tonight. I like it. So in Luke 6, 38, Jesus says, give and it will be given to you a good measure pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So Jesus is saying that the, the, the when you give, what's going to come back to you is even better, is even more. So that's the blessedness of giving when you're a citizen of the kingdom of God, when you're a child of God. And in uh, 2 Corinthians 9, 6, Paul says, But this I say, he who sows sparingly, will also reap sparingly, the law of sowing and reaping. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Which brings me to a story I want to share with our audience. Uh, I heard a pastor say this, and I was laughing, because he was teaching on prosperity, he was teaching on wealth, how do you wealth not? And he was telling a story, he says, when we get together, my other friend, who are, my friends who are in ministry and I, and we go to a, a nice restaurant to have supper. We often get into arguments. And I was waiting. I thought he was going to mention like oh, about theology, about the end times. He says, no, <laughs> they get into arguments about who's going to pay the bill for everybody else. Because they understand, him and his friends, they understood that if when you pay for uh, your fellow um, pastors in the body of Christ who are workers in the field who are working for the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. It says when you sow, when you pay for their, their meal, you're sowing into the kingdom and you understand that you're going to have a return. So they were because all fighting. Because you're blessing. So he said this as a joke, but it was hilarious. Exactly. Kingdom believers. It was, I thought that was such a great example of understanding what it means to give in the kingdom of God. See, these men of God, they understood that principle very, very well. They they have experienced this over and over again. So they knew when they, they there are five of them together having a nice meal that, oh, whoever gets to pay that bill is going to get something, something cool from God. So they understood that, 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 that the principle, the law, it's a law. And and when you understand it's a law, oh my, your mind shift, it shifts mm -hmm. all of a sudden because when you understand that the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God operates by laws, by certain laws that are put in place. And what is it about a law? The law of gravity, for example. Are there times when the law of gravity doesn't work? You go to the top of a mountain, you throw 10 rocks. Is there one of those rocks that you're going to start floating? No, because it's the law of gravity. All tanks are going to drop. It's a law. A law works every single time. So when you understand that the kingdom of God and wealth in the kingdom of God operates by law, 
it's a game changer for you, my friend. A game changer. And it was for us. It was a game changer for us when we understood that. And, and I'm hard of understanding. I, I'm, uh, it takes, sometimes it, I'm slow. It, ask my wife, right? Sometimes I'm slow. It's, it's long, but eventually I get it. But when I get it, oh, watch out. Yeah, so the Lord is not a respecter of person when it comes to this law, no. okay? So that's why I tell you, you know, there's also generous people that don't believe in God that have tapped into this law and um, you have, you know, blessed the poor with the, with whatever they had. And, you know, the Lord gave back to them and then they were able to do more and do more and they didn't necessarily believe in God. However, what's the difference? And, you know, for the longest time, I was trying to understand the difference. And so we studied the matter quite a bit. We listened to a lot of stories um, and, you know, really, um, you know, see God for this. And, and the difference is that when you work with the Lord, when you work with the Holy Spirit to give you a plan, for example, to help you prosper, or he'll, you know, tell you something about your finances, he'll, he'll make you see where you're losing money. Sometimes you're going to see things like, oh my gosh, I knew that that was there. He's going to reveal things to you. And that's the difference is that the Holy Spirit will help you to to find that hidden wealth sometimes it's something that you need to sell that would give you this yeah. this return the something that you already have in your house that you just never thought of it and then all of a sudden the lord pops this idea in your head and you're like oh wow if i did this strategy and sold this and i would make this much and that's exactly what i need to do this project or whatever right so that's the difference is that the holy spirit will work on your behalf with you um, if your heart is in the right place and yeah. you have the right mindset um, you can combine both and then the believer becomes a lot stronger. I've even heard stories of uh, men of God, you know, um, having um, the Holy Spirit tell them to take out their money out of a certain fund yeah. before a crash would happen yeah. so that they wouldn't lose their money. So, you know, there's all kinds of things that to, uh, go into place how the Lord wants to help you. Um, to to prosper. So that's the, the main difference is that, yes, there are non-believers that make money. They apply these laws. They understand how they work and they work them, you know, with painful toil and sweat, if you want. Um, that's another thing we'll talk about in, in another broadcast, how the Lord doesn't want that for you. But um, basically they apply this and they work certain kingdom laws and do give. And a lot of them are flanked philanthropists a lot of them are generous because they understood that a lot of these things work by law mm -hmm. and, and liz uh tonight she it's funny because she kind of gave a lot of examples uh, that resonated with my previous book that i wrote uh, this one here uh, titled the law of attraction is it for christians uncovering kingdom secrets behind the secret and in this book what i did is I really delved deep into understanding the law of attraction for all it's worth. And what I mean by that is, trust me, I came from a position where I was adamantly against the law of attraction as a doctrine, as something taught in Christian circles, that, that it had no place there, that it was solely new age, and it, it, it's basically trash. That's what the position I came from. But start, the Lord started showing me things. And as I was, I began studying finances and how the flow operates and how God works in the kingdom with wealth. I started under, understanding certain principles that I recognized that I had heard 
from the law of attraction. So I, I, I studied, I took it upon myself to say, you know what? I'm going to stop just tr trashing it and then being just like an enraged, you know, knee-jerk knee reaction like Christian, just going all at it. Oh, new age. Ah, oh, it's crap. I said, stop that. Stop the anger. It's getting nowhere. So I'm going to study what they actually say, see how it aligns with the scriptures. See if, if it aligns with the scriptures. And lo and behold, the Lord took me on a very interesting journey where uh, these studies showed me where it act, there's actually a lot of biblical uh, substantiation to the law of attraction. And I spoke about earlier how the, uh, God's kingdom operates by law. And lo and behold, I figured out that the law of attraction was just one of those laws that actually operates in God's kingdom. Okay. But, and and yeah. what Liz mentioned earlier is that that uh, New Agers tapped into this law and it kind of became their thing. See, it, and they, it, it, you have to say that it, they etched God out of it. They, they etched put God it in the universe. Oh, yeah. No. So, so yeah, we're they, against all they, that here at Friday based, on Purpose. Yeah, and it's so all they, about God and the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ yeah. and the Word of God, the Bible. But here's the thing. Uh, there's there's a lot of stuff I teach in there that, that will make you understand it better, but they'll make you understand one principle that I, I teach in the book. That New Agers, they have a golden egg. They called it the law of attraction. And they, they're, they're all thrilled about it. They have their golden egg and going around and say, look, we have the golden egg. It's the law of attraction. <laughs> but here's the secret, the real secret. Okay? Attention. Believers have the goose that lays the golden eggs. We have the goose. But we are so in... Again, we, we, believers like to contest, always protest stuff. Uh, you know, there's a reason why we call this Protestant, right? We, we, we protest all the time, protest, protest, protest. You know, I'm against this, I'm against that. We, we're, we're so sure about what we're against, we're not too sure what we're for. And we call ourselves believers, but we don't really know what we believe. And when you really delve deep in the scriptures, you realize there's a whole lot of things that we should believe that we don't believe. And lo and behold, these New Agers, what they did is they tapped into certain things that we should have believed that we didn't. And so because they believed it and it was a law, they, they got some fruit out of it. Okay. So without giving any acknowledgement, without to the giving any acknowledgement to God, without giving glory to God for it, mm -hmm. but it still worked because it's a law, like the law of gravity. So I explained that at length in the book and it's a very good book. And uh, I'm very proud of it. But Liz mentioned a lot of stuff uh, in, that, that had to do with that book. So I just thought, oh, I'll just pop that in there because there's a lot of principles that you talked about tonight that are actually found in that book. But what I'm even more excited about, I think, more. Yeah, because it's, you're always more excited about your newborn than, than your child who's like five years old, right? So when you got that newborn, and my newborn is five reasons God wants you to prosper. So that's my newest book just came out. And what, what I did with this book, and it's funny because, you know, a lot of authors, when they start writing, they know exactly their why. Me, I, I don't write from the same angle. Sometimes I realize the why only once the book is written. How I write a book is I get excited about a subject. And I get so excited that I realize it's a, actually a book that should be written. So I write the book. And then when the book is out and I discuss it with Elizabeth, then I realize the why. And oftentimes the why has to do with a previous struggle of mine. 
And lo and behold, in this book, okay, that's camera kind of tricky here because it's like reversed. So in five reasons God wants you to prosper, I basically, for, I give you five reasons why God wants you to prosper. Obviously, that's the title of the book. So I give you that and I delve deep in the scriptures. But the why of that was that I realized that the biggest problem for believers and finances, believers who are broke, their biggest prog problem is not necessarily applying certain things, but it's believing in the heart and mind certain things about God. So first off, if you don't really believe that God wants to prosper you, you've lost the game. It's it's lost. You're, you're not you're never, in the game. You're not. You're, 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 yeah, you've cast yourself out of the game. Mm -hmm. You're on the sidelines, and it's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. So the the, the and a the lot thing, of you are thinking, well, I do believe that he wants me to prosper, but you're going to see that you know how should I say this? Um, there's a lot of questions you can ask yourself to really know if you really really do believe that. And I think, you know, if I were to ask you, do you really believe that the Lord could possibly give you 100000 this year? You would go, no, no, he wouldn't, he wouldn't give me that much. You, you would find some kind of negative belief, some kind of excuse to give me. No, he won't do that because of this. He won't do that because of that. You won't truly believe it. And the reason is most of the time is because your kingdom mindset, your shift, it could be your heart. It could be the way you think of money. It could be the way it you were be... raised. Me was the way I was raised. Yeah, that was and, a big hurdle. Yeah. And he, you know, grew up with the spirit of lack around him and oh, poverty. Constant. And so, you know, it was constantly telling him, his parents were constantly telling him, no, we, we just don't have that kind of money. Uh, you know, we're, we're, you know, bread for a small bread. And, you know, this is just our, our luck and this is our life. And we'll be we'll be lucky if we have a penny when we die. Kind of Some, conversation. Yeah, and um, also that was my mom, by the way. What she just said, that was all my mom. Yeah. My dad said that the rich <laughs> don't are, say it. <laughs> are the spawns of the devil. <laughs> so basically, my dad put all the rich in one basket. They were all head uh, to hell in a hand basket. <laughs> That was it. That was so basically I grew up like oh, better not become rich. I, mean, don't, I want, don't want to be, I don't want to be one of those. Don't want to be a, you know what? Uh, uh, so basically what started happening and then I, I I entered a church where basically they were they were saying that being poor is a wonderful thing. So so to so when I got into if the you're religious poor, stuff you're righteous. You're poor, you're you're, you're more godly. like you're more like Jesus, right? You want to be poor because Jesus was poor and you were like, Jesus. But that's all. That's, I, and I debunk all that in the book. And I show through the five reasons why God scripturally, I, de I delve deep in the scripture. I don't, <laughs> trust me, I do. And I delve deep in, deep in the scripture and I show scripturally why it is God's will indeed for you. To prosper. Yeah, and, it's, a, it's I, a topic we studied for a really long time. Years and years, actually. And because yeah. we, you know, we were kind of intrigued by it because, we, you know, the Lord brought us from a, a very conservative background, from a Baptist background where, you know, we believed that, you know, you know, it wasn't right to be 
uh, to want money that even just that, even just even praying, that was bad. Even just praying for money, we yeah. almost felt guilty. Yeah. And, Not almost, um, we did. Yeah. And um, we just had this really bad mindset because we had the spirit of lack and a spirit of poverty. Um, and that was all because we had this religious spirit attached to us that, you know, from our churches and our background that basically taught us that, you know, if you want to be righteous and godly, uh, you have to be like Jesus yeah. and you have to want to, you know, be poor. And they have this very ungodly mindset of Jesus being poor, which is so not, not true. And we make a case for that. And we describe, we explain that in our webinar, poverty is no virtue.com that you resource. can go to yeah. poverty is no virtue.com. And there's a webinar where Sebastian explains, you know, um, the truth about that and that the Lord really wasn't poor, like they say. And so, um, so all this to say basically <laughs> is that if you don't have the right mindset to really believe that the Lord really wants these good things for you, then you're always going to have the brakes on and you're not going to act from a place of abundance and you're going to come from a place of scarcity because you're going to be afraid to give when you're supposed to give because you're going to think, well, he's not really going to give it back to me like that. I just lost that $500. He told me to give it, but I don't really believe I'm going to get it back. Yeah. And in the next, in the next. And that's why people are so scared of even giving $20. Yes. They're like, oh, I'll never see that money again. Yeah. And in you the will. next, and then next episode, the part two, we're going to address that fear factor that's keeping yeah. believers bound basically, because the Lord wants to free you from that fear of giving. And the fear of giving comes from trauma. We all grew up. In the earth curse system, we're born into it. We're, we're from Adam. We're born into this, this uh, fallen creation. Okay. But then when you become born again, everything becomes new, the Bible tells us, including how, uh, how your, what your source is now. So what your, where your income is going to come from. And when you understand what being a citizen of the kingdom is as a born again believer, as opposed to living in the earth curse system, where you're always under kind of forced to do painful uh, toil and sweat, like Elizabeth said, shift is huge. But the problem is oftentimes we carry the trauma that we've been through in the painful toil and sweat into the kingdom as, as believers. So that, that mindset needs to change. Okay. So that's what we're doing in these, uh, this two series, there's this two episodes that we're uh, sharing with you guys. And that's what I do in the book, Five Reasons God Wants You to Prosper. I address the mindset of believers so that they, they break off the false beliefs about God and about wealth as believers that are holding them back. So, so you know, a lot of books are written by a lot of great preachers about how to prosper. This is not, it, it's, a, it's more like a pre- uh, a prequel, a prequel of how to prosper. Because before you learn how to prosper, you have to get rid of what is hindering you from prospering. And it's all about what you believe, what you think of God, how you perceive God, how you perceive the Bible, what you what you think about money, what you believe about money, what you believe yeah. about money and you. So all these things are addressed in the book so that you can actually Put that in the back of you. Be freed from the, the spirit of poverty. And I address that. I describe the spirit of poverty. I go at length in the book. Explain what the spirit of poverty is and how it keeps you bound. Okay. 
because Satan loves us bound. Satan doesn't want you to, to prosper. Because why? If you, as a, a believer who loves the Lord, begin prospering, what are you going to do? Well, chances are you're going to start blessing or advancing the kingdom of God through your finances. Yeah. And see, the devil kind of took a, uh, uh, he, he kind of took over the fi financial realm in the world. And I'm going to address that. I want to talk a little bit about that. But he, he kind of took over that and he, he kind of uh, kind of put his stamp on it. I was like, this is mine, but it's not his. And here's what's happening right now. There's a book here I have by Peter C. Wagner called, and it's his last book that he wrote, maybe a year or two before he died, called The Great Transfer of Wealth. And Peter C. Wagner believed, and he explains this quite well in his book, that in the end times, God is going to transfer wealth from the kingdom of darkness as being... They're hoarding it basically yeah. because they're 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 worshiping the devil. They're hoarding it. He's gonna take the Lord's gonna take that wealth and start giving it to believers so that the kingdom can expand in a significant way. And, and he explains it so so well in his book. And it says in uh, Proverbs, I forget which verse exactly. It says that the wealth of the the wicked is stored up for the righteous. Think about that for a second. The wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. And that's a reality. And we're gonna, I believe we're starting to see this happening. It's exciting. We're living in exciting times. I believe we're starting to see this happening right now in the lives of many believers. Yeah. There's more and more testimonials of believers who are starting to get out of a rut. Some of them have been in a rut five years, 10 years, 15 years. They're getting out of it. They're starting to prosper and they're praising God for it. And they're doing great works with their money. And there's a shift in the atmosphere that's taking place. And it's exciting to see because we want to see God do that. We want to see his, his mighty hand take that wealth out of the hands of uh, the devil's children and give it to his. So you want to be part of that. And I think that the book, Five Reasons uh, God Wants You to Prosper, is a great primer. That's the word I was looking for. A great primer for you to prosper. This book is a primer. It's it's basically going to give you the the freedom in your mind to actually um, understand that you know scripturally speaking, it's it's okay to have finances and it's okay to be wealthy as long as you you know how to use it properly and have the right heart and. Um, you know, it basically gives you that foundation because like you said, you know, there's a lot of books out there that teach you how to, yeah. you know, uh, sow your seeds, how to give and this and that and all about giving and <laughs> tithing. And, you know, for, for the longest time, uh, you know, we also believed, you know, as believers that, oh, well, you know, they're just talking about this because they want us to give to their ministry. Yeah, right? Everybody thinks. That. Yeah. Well, you know, if they're saying you should give, you should give to your ministry, that's because they want you to give them money and, you know, they they all want money. And, and a lot of people, a lot of believers have this faulty mindset. And I'm not saying, you know, I know there's a lot of prosperity teachers that are, are wrong. Oh, there's teaching. been abuse. There's been abuse. And we're going to talk about it yeah. in the next episode. So don't, don't talk too much yeah. about it, but we're going to no, address it. There's yeah. a lot of, yeah, there's been a lot of abuse, but that's not where I was going. And, okay. And so... Because of that, because there's been abuse, a lot of people right away, the, the fact that you're oh, even yeah. talking about money, they're like, 
going to write hate comments and this is ungodly and this and that because automatically they assume that you're part of that gang of prosperity wealth yeah. teachers, right? And a lot of them don't have the right motives. A lot of them do not teach what we've been teaching about uh, the right character, the right heart, the right mindset. And a lot of them are, you know, doing things that are just crazy with their money and not doing, not spending it in a godly way and not applying these principles. And so there's a lot of charlatans, even in the Christian realm. And I can understand why a lot of believers are scared to ever get associated and learn about any of this yeah. because they're like, oh my gosh, I don't want to like, you know, learn about this and I'm going down the wrong path. And then the Lord won't be happy with me, won't be pleased with me and yada, yada, yada. So right? what you're saying basically is that they threw out the baby with the bathwater. Yeah. So, and that's why I'm saying this book is, yeah. you know, very inexpensive. It's, it's a small book. It's easy to read. One sitting. And it's just yeah. going to give you that, finally, that peace that you're looking for when it, where it comes to finances and, I love and how you mindset. Say this. Exactly. Peace is the right word. Um, it's so liberating when you realize, accept, receive, and believe that God actually does want you to prosper. It is freeing. It is yeah, liberating. Yeah, freedom there. Exactly. The, the, and, and then and that's you're like, why, that's so it's why okay for me to need, have money. Yeah. So 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 I should prosper. It's going to actually make God happy to see me prosper. When you yeah. understand these things. And and exactly. From and a biblical standpoint. And exactly. And having talked to a lot of believers on this topic, that's where we found that there was a real, real uh, need for this kind of content. And that's why we created the, the webinar Poverty is no virtue.com. And then the book kind of was born through all that. So, yeah. um, so we really hope that it's going to bless you. It's available on Amazon. And um, the other thing I wanted to say is, you know, uh, I, I noticed I look at a lot of comments on YouTube and on, on different uh, Facebook feeds and different things that I follow. And I noticed that a lot of believers will kind of criticize ministries and pastors for not giving away their books or not giving away uh, their stuff, right? And because automatically they assume that because they're a pastor or because they have a big ministry that they should be giving away all their stuff for free and this and that. And I want to explain to you something. Um, first of all, no one needs to give you anything for free, okay? Let's just be honest because, you know, whether you're ministry and entrepreneur or you've created any bit of content, you built, you've created something, it took you time, it took you money to put that into place. So right there and there, like for that reason, you should be charging an amount, okay? It's not because you're a pastor or you're in ministry that you should be giving all your stuff away. Now, if you want to, because you have that flow of money that you're able to, and you see that as a seed, so basically what you're doing is you're saying, okay, I want to give to back to my ministry. I want to give to these people. I want to give 250 books, let's say for free. And this is going to be a seed that I'm sowing into my ministry mm -hmm. that I'm sowing to the kingdom of God, because I really want these people, for example, to have this content for free. Now we've done that many, many times. We've, you know, done that through uh, podcasts where we've done, you know, hour and a half teachings on certain topics to really add as much value as we could for free. And that's a form of sowing seed. 
Um, we've done that also through a lot of PDFs, a lot of eBooks that we've given to our audience through thrivingonpurpose.com for book, free resources. I also did book giveaways uh, on a few occasions where you, you, yeah. you give away books, right? And so when you do things like that for the people listening to you, for the kingdom of God, it always comes back in a harvest. The Lord is always gracious to give back because you're giving of yourself. You're giving of your time. You're giving of your money. You're giving your of your resources and all that. But you don't have to do it. You don't absolutely have to do it. You can, it's very okay for you to, to charge for a book or charge for a CD that you took out of Christian music. Yeah. And so there's this faulty Christian mindset where it's gimme, gimme, gimme. And, you know, I, I, I don't have that money to give you back. I don't have that $10 to give you for your book. You need to give it to me because you're a man of God and, you know, I have less than you do. And that is a scarcity mindset. That is a wrong kind of mindset. You should always have a mindset that if somebody is offering you value to return it with the money that is owned, just like if you would, you know, ask a Christian graphic artist to help you with an assignment, something that you need to do for your business. You wouldn't say, oh, well, that's a Christian brother in Christ. So let me pay him less. Oh, but we because, did that. We did a broadcast. Yeah, we did a, a podcast, podcast on that. about that. What was the title? Is you remember? It was about. It was. Dealing um, with Christians yes. in business. Yeah, Christians I, in business. But um, if you look, if you go to thrivingonpurpose.com and in the search bar, you write Christians in business, it should appear there. And it was about brothers and sisters dealing with brothers and sisters yeah. in the church and business how that is such a delicate matter because like liz said on the one hand they base it on what jesus said freely you have received freely give now there's a context to that mm -hmm. and there's a context. we're talking about spiritual things uh but and the paul but paul also says mm -hmm. the worker deserves his wages exactly so there's a balance to be had there and and i just want to talk to to you guys about it from um uh a scarcity mindset because that really goes against the kingdom mindset. And that's what I really want you to see is mm -hmm. that the shift that needs to take place is that we're supposed to be more generous. We're supposed to be more generous yeah. to a point where non-believers see that, wow, you know, she gave me this, she gave me that. Wow. I would have never done that. You know, uh, I'm so blessed by this person's generosity. Like we have to, you know, if you want to shine, it's not just by throwing verses and, you know, smacking people with Bibles that Actually, they're going to, yeah. they're going to notice that you're a believer. If you, there's anything that you can do with whatever you have to bless somebody, then do it. And so there's all kinds of ways to do that. But I really want to address this because I've seen so many times on feeds where I see believers acting in this, you know, uh, woe is me. Everything should come to me. You are the, you know, wealthy pastor. You have this wealthy ministry. Mm -hmm. I'm this poor little person. Give me, give me, give me, give me. Yeah. You know, and and, and yet we're the and pastor, that's just the, the wrong pastor mindset. and that person are both children of God who have access to the same privileges as children of God and and the citizens of the kingdom of God. Yeah. So it's, it's there's a misunderstanding there where we kind of elevate those in ministry above us, <clears throat> thinking well. Well, he, it's normal that he's blessed. He's in ministry. He's doing the Lord's work. So therefore, being blessed, he should bless others. Well, why, why don't you start uh, looking in, in, into the scriptures and understanding 
what is required to be blessed. And you're going to be just as blessed as the pastor you're talking about. Yeah, and stop looking at other people's harvests. Stop looking at what other people have yes. and start looking at your heart towards your generosity and your giving. Because, you know, I know some people that barely have anything. They have little small monthly checks and they're the most generous people you would yeah. you could ever imagine. I know some believers that get very, very little amounts and are so generous in how they want to bless people mm -hmm. that they're willing to live off of less just to bless others. Yes. So, you know, it's all a matter of the heart. It's not a matter of what you're driving, what you have. It's really about the heart that the Lord is looking for. So if you're thinking that you're going to get rich overnight, that the Lord is going to bless you with tons of money just because you don't have any, if you have the wrong mindset, he's not going to bless the, that. The, Lord's, the Lord might, and I say might, once in a while, give you a fish, right? Yeah, that's deliverance. Sometimes, to, like, to help like you for out. example, the yeah. guy, the guy you were talking about on the plane, he was a pastor. His rent was due. He didn't have the money. The Lord gave him a fish. Boom, five hundred dollars fell on his lap that day. That's deliverance. Mm -hmm. There's a big difference between deliverance and provision, and that could be another yeah. for another broadcast. But provision is for you to live in the constant flow. Of of, uh, more, of of God being enough. of more than enough more and than of enough. God being your source yeah. and to never be in lack. That's provision. And you want to get to that. And to get to that, there's a mind shift work. There's a heart shift work. And it can take years. And trust me on that. It, it, it did for me and for Elizabeth. And it was. And we're not claiming to be millionaires. Oh, no, no. But, but it was quite a journey. Yeah. We learned a lot of principles about the gold. kingdom of God. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's gold. And, and speaking of gold, I'm just going to tell the, the viewers about what's coming in part two of kingdomizing your money mindset. We have some good stuff coming next week. I mean, this was just a warm up. And you guys got gold tonight, but this was, this was just a warm up. Next week, we're going to be talking about what is implied when we give to a king, or in our case, to the king of kings. Yeah. What is a prophet's reward? Jesus spoke of a prophet's reward. He said, he who receives a prophet will, will uh, receive a prophet's reward. What is that? What does that imply? And we're going to talk, one of the most important, we're going to close that teaching about how to king, kingdomizing your money mindset with how to eliminate our fear of lack or our fear of giving. And fear of giving is basically fear of lack. When you fear, when you don't want to give because you're afraid you're going to lack, it's fear of lack. So when you don't want to part with your money, it's fear of lack. So you, you, you misunderstand who your source is. So you won't want to miss this, uh, this second part to kingdomizing your money mindset next week, same time, same bad time, same bad channel. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so Sebastian does uh, teachings on Monday nights. Monday nights on my uh, Facebook profile. Uh, I go on. Actually, I do I go on on, on three platforms? Because yeah, I'm so, not techie very much. She, she's the one who manages. So you on. can find all that on Thriving on Purpose on our Facebook page. <clears throat> Sorry. On our Facebook page, all our content is there. So on Monday nights, he's going to be live there teaching you about the Bible, about the New Testament. Actually, we're starting the, a study in the a Bible study in the Gospel of Matthew, which is, I think, of all the Gospels, probably my favorite. And I'm going to say why on Monday. 
<laughs> yeah, and on Thursdays, we do different topics. So we're going to do part two of this series. So we hope you'll be blessed by that. So it's at 7.30 p.m. Eastern for Monday and Thursday nights. Um, so you can just look up uh, on YouTube or on uh, Facebook, Thriving on Purpose, and you'll find us. And if this broadcast has blessed you and you learned something valuable tonight, be sure to share it with, uh, uh, with your friends. Uh, caring is sharing. Right. Yeah, exactly. And we also want to talk about thrivingonpurpose.com. We have a lot of free downloads, free resources, yeah. free podcasts. So uh, we've got like 94. 94 podcasts that you can listen to. Yeah. And we broadcast, you know, we basically uh, take our, our broadcasts and, and MP3 them so that you guys can have access and download them um, through the thrivingonpurpose.com website. So you can get your free downloads there. We're also on iTunes and every other platform that exists for podcasts so be sure to check that out to get your free resources yeah. and um check out check us out on uh, youtube as well uh, we have a lot of top nuggets little uh, segments little capsule of, of, of wisdom yeah so go and uh, subscribe to that so you have access to that so do you have anything else to add that's it for me awesome so be blessed and thrive on I'm not good at this techie stuff either. <laughs> Bye, guys.